everybody. Hi guys, welcome to the Los Angeles Couple Podcast here with Dante Greco and Evie. That's right. And today it's very exciting. We're doing our our, uh, our interview with the great comedian Jeremy Scipio. We've seen him live. He's very funny. He performs all over the country or even all over the world, to be quite honest. Very exciting to have Jeremy here and uh, get to know a little bit more about him. That's right. So let's bring him on. Hey, how are you? Yay, going on? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey, nice to be here. See you here. Good to see you here. First of all, let, let's talk a little bit. How did we meet Jeremy? Do you want to talk about how did we meet, like just randomly? I would love People to. People will love to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we met at the world famous comedy store. <laughs> That's right. A lot of comedians there. I wanted to go to the cool. bathroom. And I was just like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Where is the bathroom? And I was asking because, uh, you know, I was like, ask Jeremy. I was like, would you take me to the bathroom? He accompanied me like a gentleman. That's right. And then I just really was, I, I couldn't stop laughing all the way from uh, the, the line to the bathroom. Jeremy kept me entertained <laughs> and we had a good conversation and uh, became friends. Yeah, you, you guys, um, you had that, um, this, the, the look. Uh, I want to be rude, but uh, it's like a touristy look where you're like, like a fan look in your eye. You're like, oh my God, this place. And I'm like, oh, they haven't been around long enough. <laughs> well, <it's terrible. laughs> but, I'm from LA. I've lived here my entire life. It's yet somehow we still show up looking like tourists. You know, no, it's, it's, not, the, it's the, it's the it's lore of the comedy store. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sense of respect for the store because I remember like living in Brazil or even in Washington state before I moved here and uh, seeing like the importance of the comedy store in, 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 in comedy in, uh, in, in television. So that's a place that I, 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 every time I go, even though I've been there a million times, I always feel like it's the first time because I'm always excited to see who are the new talents, what's going on, who's going to just pop up there. And uh, mm -hmm. that's that sense of that that's the excitement of the comedy store. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, comedy store is very integral to uh, you know the the whole comedy you know genre overall. You know, uh, I I would say it's the same effect that like Instagram had on the entire comedy community, but just from back in the day, because uh, comedy stand up comedy is a newer art form, and though comedy store wasn't the first uh, club to break comics, it was definitely the the biggest. But you know, comedy's you know, big, you know, like hip hop, you know, where it's just, it's global now. Uh, but it's just funny that, you know, people always, it, it had a resurgence a few years ago where the comedy store became like a museum again. Definitely. I want to get to more about the comedy store, but first I want to find out, Jeremy, how did you get started with comedy? What first drew you to it and mm -hmm. uh, eventually gave you the courage to get up on stage, which is a lot more <laughs> difficult than people give yeah, it credit that's, for. I've that's tried. A, yeah, that's a skill. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm one of those people where I guess the, I would say the career of a comedian was more natural to who I am versus like just being the funny guy. Cause a lot of people, it'll surprise you. Like they'd be like, oh, Jeremy do comedy? You know what I'm saying? But if you see the way my mind has always worked, it's just like, oh, this makes sense as a job. There's no other employment path that I would have worked in, period. <laughs> I, I, I think everything. But, um, yeah, I got started from Cincinnati, Ohio. 
um, I had decided I went to a performing arts school and I had decided I want to do stand up around the age of 14. But, uh, you know, it's funny how when you're young, you think you have life figured out and you don't know shit. So <laughs> in my brain, for some odd reason, I thought, OK, I'm going to go to school because I went uh, to a performing arts school for I was a visual artist and I played um, piano, jazz piano. So I thought wow. I will go to school for that, like go to college for that after I graduate. And then after that, I'll start doing stand up comedy. <laughs> but anybody know most of the greats started when they were like that age. Uh, I guess it was just fear because <laughs> uh, I told everybody I was going to do stand up comedy. I remember I told my my high school counselor, like, cause she's like, you know, they just try to say, what are you going to do with your career? And I said, well, I'm going to go to school for something for four years. And then I'm going to start stand up comedy. And she goes, baby, it's too many stand up comedians. And she was right. How dare she? Yeah. How dare she to say that? She's right and wrong. You know what I mean? She was absolutely there are right. too many, and there's too many people who shouldn't be doing it. But at the same time, <laughs> as, uh, as JFK said to Leonard Nimoy once, when Leonard Nimoy was a cab driver, he said, "There's always," and he had picked up JFK. He said, "There's always room for one more good one." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I'm um, one of the, the ones that survived because a lot of people fell to the wayside. <laughs> yeah, but that's but bold. Go ahead. Sorry. To to even be like, yeah, I'm gonna go to college and then I'm gonna go do be a stand-up and just to tell people, you know, like to it's hard sometimes to say, yes, I'm gonna go do something creative because so many people say, Well, that's stupid. You should just go into business, you know, it's more of a yeah. sure thing. So yeah, I commend you. Thank that, you. That's pretty cool. And I think like uh Jeremy has like his own style too. Like I love uh, I think like he has a very contagious like laugh. I don't know, you know, like it's it's so funny. He's like he's he's like telling a story, and then he has his like this very unique laugh. And I think a lot of comedians have like a unique. I mean, this sounds kind of a little bit crazy to say. I'm sorry, but a lot of comedians have their own laugh. Like Seth Rogen, there there is the there is a I don't know like a. a, a, a yeah. Help me out here. Like, how long? How long did you work on your laugh? I'm serious. You have a great <laughs> laugh. You he has a great laugh. Like you, you notice his laugh. It's a, it's like a it's part of the act. Yeah. I noticed that, Jeremy. Tell us about the laugh. I I don't know. I feel like I am the driest human being ever. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know what I like about it though is because we've seen him perform. It's not like the fake laugh where he's trying to help the joke along. You know, if you're uh -huh. laughing, you're it's you're legitimately laughing. Some people have that yeah. thing. But he has a think, special laugh. He has think a special they have laugh. To laugh like this as they talk, and then it's just like shut up. It's not funny. I hate that I'm laughing right now as you guys are talking about my laugh. <laughs> like a compilation of Jeremy's laughs in the video. You have you have three special laughs in your act that you've worked on. Uh, give us the first one. Anyway, so uh, I want to get back to like, yeah. your start. I've yeah. heard a lot of comics talk like, oh, I saw so-and-so, you know, mm -hmm. like I ever heard Joe Rogan say, I saw Richard Pryor live at the Sunset Strip. And I was like, oh, my God, he's just making people laugh with talking. Like, was there some pivotal moment or something that you saw? Who dropped your balls? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, you know what? Honestly, that's a great uh, question, because uh, I mean, I can give you a lot of people tend to ask who's my favorite comic or, you know, best of all time which these those are easy questions i don't they're like very like like martin lawrence is my favorite comic just because you know he inspired me with a cv show and you know i'm i'm a student of the game so i like everybody you like I'm, i've studied everybody i mean you get your richard Pryor, your george carlin's bill cosby you know not allowed to say his name uh 
But the first Damn. comic I seen perform live was actually it's one of two, either Burt Kreischer or uh Tommy Davidson. Oh nice. Wow, Burt. Yeah. But that was after I had already studied comedy and you know, whatever. But I went to the funny bone in my um my hometown and I was technically too young to be there, but um you're allowed to be there if you like took a comedy class or something. And then they let me stay for the show. And I think I think it was this one or two. I think it was Bert Kreisner though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Funny bone. Yeah. I gotta check funny bone. Yeah, and he's he's you know, he was dope and was just real and you know, this level that I didn't think was attainable at the time. Yeah. So what do you what's your process? Do you write your jokes do you just think of things and go up on stage like i had a conversation once with this guy david steinberg who's a comedian from you know back 30 40 years ago he was bigger but he's uh he had a show on showtime a few years back so he's still kind of relevant anyway he was saying you know you gotta just take your jokes take your ideas and go do them on stage and try it out there like this whole writing thing is not i mean not not that he's shitting on writing but just Trying to like, what do you, what do you do? Uh, yo, uh, David Steinberg. That's what you said. His name is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's absolutely right. I agree with him a thousand percent. That's a real person right there. Uh, if he's still in your life, keep him around because that a lot of people will bullshit you with the whole like you know writing and stuff. And I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing. Writing happens on the stage. Uh, you know, I mean, can you write off stage to bring absolutely? But the entire process. You have to see how the people are going to react to it. Um, but I'll say as a younger comic, I've been doing it a while at this point. Um, I wrote, I still got all my notebooks. I've never finished a notebook, but I always write until like, like I'll write, write, write to like the, at least like three fourths in. And for some reason, I'll just throw it to the side, crumple it up or something. But I used to write my ass off. But I realized the uh, more genuine humor comes from um, actual like living and experience. So when I get to certain stages in my life, I just make sure I document that and talk that out. That's so cool. And also, like, do, do you use a lot of like, the recording uh, in your phone, like having oh. like voice memos and pictures or videos of yourself performing? Because I, 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 I try to do that for myself. Sometimes I'm just feel inspired. I'm in the car. It's like <laughs> 7 p.m. I'm in the garage and I'm like, I think something funny. And I'm just recording it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's important because um, so many things go into like writing is one stage, but your temperament, like what happened in your life right before you went on stage, and you know it plays so much a role into it. So when you listen back to the recordings, you could be like, "Oh, that was right after the breakup. Ugh, oh, that was after I had a couple of drinks. Ugh, I didn't do that that well. Or I should have did it like this." But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes, especially uh, you know, as a road comic. I'll be wilding sometimes. So <laughs> to hear my recordings, I'll just be like, Whoa, that was a crazy one. <laughs> <laughs> like one, I was I was just listening to one other night, um, from like I think it was last October, November. Uh I took this uh this uh uh woman's engagement ring off her finger in the middle of the show and I held it up and I was like, Yo, how much can I get for this? And then somebody said 40 bucks. And I was like, sold. <laughs> but the, the, the couple was cool with it. The guy was cool with it. It was just so funny. But, man, I was like, wow, I'm surprised myself with how bold I can be sometimes. Those are those moments, yeah, when you're, you're living in the moment. Living in the moment. It's like acting, you know, when you're, <laughs> you're doing improv and stuff. Um, I'll, so 
the very first time that you got on stage first of mm -hmm. all how many times did you actually show up to the club saying tonight's the night and then you ended up going home because you just couldn't even get up on stage or the first time you were like i'm doing it tonight and you did it and how did it go uh i got three first time stories uh i'll run through them as quick as possible first one i've told it so many times I, and i hate this story but first time i uh, ever stepped on stage as a stand-up comic was when i was I think 19 uh was at um it was a deaf comedy jam audition located in washington dc um somebody uh a friend a friend's uh, uncle i believe was a dj for the event and he just said asked him he goes yo you know any funny you know any funny comedians and he goes yeah my friend jeremy just because i've been saying it my whole life so and i at this point i never done stand up so um talked to my sister about it they flew me out to dc um audition and i didn't realize that that was like deaf comedy jam audition is like the super bowl of stand-up comedy and Jeez. uh yeah just keeping wow. it very uh in the sense that um every comic there had been except for maybe me and two other people have been on tv or have done done something professionally in some capacity yeah, I was <laughs> so. And, uh, they gave this big old speech. They were like, um, they gave this big speech like, "This is the big leagues. We don't care how long you've been doing it. If you ain't done it here, you ain't done it nowhere." And after they gave this speech to all these professionals that I had seen on TV, they said, "Hey, man, we we don't care about them because we've seen them before. Uh, we believe in you. We think you're the future." I was like, "Oh, thank you." So, so you're going first. <laughs> I was like, all right. first. And that was but, great. It went great, right? Of course it did. Um, that's why I'm, you know, <laughs> Emmy nominated. Uh, you know, I, I see all the Oscars. You know, so, I don't want. I don't want to. <laughs> my... I don't want to torture you, but I want you to relive that moment and the horror of it. Oh hell no! Get up! Uh, <laughs> oh my are god! The, are the famous? Uh... Hold on! Are the famous people sitting in the audience staring at you like the, the seasoned comics? No, um, actually, the um, the venue. You know, crazy. I would love the venue was called the Zanzibar. Uh, I don't think it exists. I actually just did Washington D.C. Uh, like two weeks ago. I just came from there. Uh, got my revenge. But uh, <laughs> the venue is nice. called. The, no, the venue is called the Zanzibar. Uh, I love the. I would love to do that venue today if it still exists. But yeah. um, it was just like a real crowd. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't over dramatized. It wasn't Hollywood. It was just like a. a a club full of people, you know, who just, you know, it's just like we it's almost like we were interrupting them. But I guess they, that's how they test for talent to see if you if you can handle this real crowd, then you can handle this Hollywood crowd. Right. Uh but then so yeah. Uh a few, but not a, it was it was it was obvious that I sucked. Just put it like that. Nah, and, and, I doubt that. He's just probably being hard on himself. No, no, sir. No, it's the first time. First I mean, time. My, first my, time. My sister, my sister reminds me every time we talk how terrible. Oh it was. my god. <laughs> well, I have a question. Like talking about crowd, I heard like some comedians saying that there's some crowds that are easier than others. Like depending where you are, like people in Washington State, for example, they will they 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 love like liberal jokes, but you cannot really say like you guys are kind of crazy and the, and society is falling apart here because they get mm -hmm. they get like too too like you know snowflakey and their butt get hurt and uh, some parts of the country people are a little bit more conservative so 
what is like how do you deal with the different type of types of like uh audiences that you have to perform for um there's so many I, i'm a big uh fan of context so uh i know that's the general consensus of stand-up comedy right now but that's not my direct experience um because of the type of comic that i am you know i like to play with the social fabric of a place you know what i mean um the way i spend jokes it tends to you know i i tend to draw the emotion out of you so you can it, it you know i'm like this like different people can interpret something i'm saying a different way but long as i'm running two ideas against each other that's what tends to generate the laugh you know what i mean mm -hmm. um like for example uh I might throw a little comment in there, like I say, uh, I like to give it up for my Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, for making this happen, right? <laughs> now, if you're taking that literal, you go like, yeah, woo, which I had a crowd do that. And I'm like, yo, you guys are crazy. Ooh, you're, like, you're, like, you're like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, but no, I mean, it's all to the good, because then you also have a crowd who go like, well, obviously, he's being sarcastic, mm -hmm. you know, but that's like my humor set. Um, that's And that's what I got into comedy for, is that level of of complexity so you know but is it true regionally people laugh at different things absolutely um you know your crowd you 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 have to find your crowd amongst this craziness people who mess with you but you like adjust the joke as you go to to get those people like engaged or you keep the same kind of like uh joke all, all around and like is the, are, are they modifications because sometimes i watch comedy specials and i see like uh, the, when you see people perform in certain areas, they they completely they change a little bit, like how they kind of go about it. So that's uh, I was I was always curious about that actually. Yeah, every, a lot of comics handle it different because you you have you know you going all the way from you know from the way Gallagher and Carrot Top handles something is not going to be the same way somebody like George Carlin or you know Richard Pryor handle it. So you know I think that's you know like the, that's such a broad spectrum. I just say for me. I mess with people who mess with me and um uh, like I my people people like me, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, I I probably you. change, you know, I chop, you know, what's it what they call it? Um code switch, code switching, you know, like yeah. I probably do a tad of that, but you know, I speak the universal language. So even when I was performing in Scotland, uh, you know, people people like I performed in Scotland, I performed in Thailand, right? And everybody was going like, Whoa, did you have to switch up your language, switch you talked about? I'm like, nah, it's just I know the Scottish people, they wanted to talk about um, they want to talk about James Bond, like Idris Elba playing James Bond, you know. Uh -huh. And you know, Thailand, I don't know, they just like they, they just like the fact that it's a black person talking ethnic. So, you know, I don't have to put that much. <laughs> just 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 I'd say the primary goal is making sure that there's fun being had. If you're having are fun, any, are there any cities that you found particularly difficult to uh, you know get laughs in um i can't blame the city at this point so no but yeah, one of my I, <laughs> iowa you know i haven't done comedy in iowa so that's fair uh <laughs> but uh one of my one of my favorite crowds uh was uh abilene texas oh really me, me and abilene got a score to settle is and, that what you were like i'm with trump or whatever or he's no. like i love barbecue and people are like well, no, no. It's just Abilene. They're they're just so they were so rowdy. It was a, uh, it could have been a simple show, but they they were like most. It's like um, you know how you like have one heckler that's like, oh, this is nuts. You know they gotta get this yeah. person out. Of here. 
Like uh-huh. I had like about in a crowd of like a hundred, I probably like had like six hecklers. You know what I mean? Whoa. And, yeah, but I'm I'm good. I don't know why I'm kind of good at that. So I'm like taming them <laughs> as they're like coming at me, and they're taking it as a challenge and getting wild, rowdier, rowdier. But the crowd is loving it. The crowd is they're loving it, and you know, like it is it's so random. Like this this older lady, just for some reason. Was like, you know, I don't know, talking about like racism. And she was like, I'm black. She's like, oh, I'm not racist. I'm black. And I'm like, oh, you don't look black. I said, most people think they're Native American and they're white. And she goes, no, no, I'm black on the inside. And oh, I was man. like, One of those. I don't need a 23 to me, 23 of me to tell that you're not black on any part of your body. And she was like, no, I got black. Can we cuss? Or we, I don't know. Yeah, what's yeah. The Please. Oh, yeah. Please. She said, I got black pussy. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, oh, that's disgusting. And then, um, anyway, there's so many things that happened. Um, but, yeah, I, I, so I tamed that. Crowd's going crazy. And then uh, some guy decides to come up. It's a lie. He, can't, he, try, he tried to come up and touch me. And that's when stuff got real. But, uh, was this a comedy club? Was this an actual it's, comedy club? To be fair, it's a winery. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, <laughs> but it was honestly, honestly, like, you – Somebody could experience that and say they were a bad crowd. I had fun. I had fun. Mm-hmm. I love Abilene, but yeah, we have a score to settle because I'm I want to destroy Abilene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, believe, I believe the woman yeah. was Rachel Dolezal. Is that do you know any comics? You know, I don't want to put this on you, but do any comics ever like deal with the hackler and then come backstage like i'm gonna go wait in the parking lot for that guy and i'm gonna fuck him up are you kidding uh okay i've been around a while so i've seen just about a little of everything but um i say that's not common um i'll just say that um has has that happened yeah but you know that's just you know that's just like um i don't know if 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 your homie uh i don't know if your homie just got his ass whooped and he like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go kill him, like, or you just take the L, bro. You know what I mean? It's not a big yeah. deal. You know, you live to fight another day, but it's not. I'll say these things are not common. Honestly, most comedy shows are super dope, and uh, you know everybody has fun. And even if you're dealing with a heckler, I tell you, I deal with a lot of hecklers, and I don't, I don't want to encourage heckling, but it, it still tends to be a good time. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have yeah. bad time. So, so, so comics are able to leave the stage and just forget about the heckler. You don't take it back after the show with you and like let it bother you 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 shouldn't um do comics take it personally absolutely but you, you shouldn't <laughs> you should not just say i say the worst heckle experience i had but you could tell it's it's a battle of insecurity but you could tell when somebody like when it just goes too far and that's mm-hmm. on you you know what i mean on, on you the individual from the heckler to the comic um there was this club called spotlight comedy club it's no longer here in la but it exists. This comic, um, it, the, the the show wasn't the best show, but uh, it was it was okay. You know, what I mean, everybody was getting through. All, everybody was having a good time. There was just one rowdy table. It was this lady's birthday, right? So she's screaming through every comic, whatever. By the fourth comic, right, he goes on stage, and uh, the host brings him up. He goes, um, I think he he said, uh, he said, yeah. The lady yells. He tells the lady, shut up. He goes, shut up. You're gonna learn how to. He said, "You're gonna learn how to show some respect when a real comic steps on the stage, right?" 
Ooh. So in that one breath, he isolated himself. Yeah. Not only from the crowd, but from the comics who are that's your you know we're a team. You know what I mean, so <laughs> at that point, she was like, "Fuck you." And you know the host could have intervened, but he was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna let him drown." Uh, so yeah, uh, when the lady was like, oh, "Fuck you," he's like, "No, go fuck yourself, lady." Blah blah blah. Right. So this guy stood up. He goes, "I'm gonna whoop your ass," and he goes, Ooh. "He goes, oh, what is that? Your wife?" He goes, "No, that's my mother." Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> who brings their? <laughs> oh my God! Every time a dude brings their mom to the comedy store, there's something wrong with them. Those guys are. I mean, it's okay. Take your mom for lunch or for right. brunch, but you like you take your mom to as a date and you know, uh, uh, like a night. It's. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was not it's that. Always bad. some weird guy with their mom. Like, I'm like no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't that bad. He didn't do anything. The uh, the guy was right. He didn't say anything the whole show. He didn't okay. bring her. It was her birthday. You know what okay. I mean? It was her birthday. She brought him. The only time he said something is when the guy, the comic on stage said, yo, shut the fuck up. Yo, if you, yeah. I don't care who you are. You say shut the fuck up to my mama, I'm going to stand up and fight you too. You know what I'm saying? You can't lose the the uh, veneer that, like, you know, you're the comic, you're quick-witted, you're funny. It, it blows the illusion for the rest of us if we see you actually getting upset. There right. it is. There that's, that's that's the Will Smith thing that people do, like that. But, but, but bring the blow out the the, the fourth wall, kind of in a yeah. way, right? Like when it just yeah. kinda like it's like I get affected, I get affected. And Speaking like, of Will Smith, <laughs> just real quick, I saw that uh, Chris Rock at his show said that he doesn't want to host the Oscars or he turned down the invite to host next year's Oscars. Do you think oh, okay. he should have just taken that? I mean, come on, that would be fantastic. Um, it depends. Uh, on what he's going through uh, emotionally, um, emotionally, because both Chris Rock and Will Smith are technically at the stage in their career where they don't have to prove anything to anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like this uh, Hollywood game is so intense uh, on your on you emotionally. Just like um, just like an NFL player or NBA player, you know, if you play, you know, people be hard on these guys when it's like, yo, you're putting all this damage on your body. Yo, if you gave the game five years, you should be able to retire peacefully. Don't nobody say like, oh, I need another, I need another Heisman out of you. I need another trophy. I need another ring. You know what I'm saying? I feel the same way about both Will Smith and Chris Rock. They don't owe nobody nothing, man. So I, be honest, he, uh -huh. I, I think that Will, Chris has waited a little too long to talk about the slap. He said, I'll talk about it when I'm ready, when I get a big check. It's been several months. You know, a lot of crazy shit has happened in the world since then. I don't think it's going to have the same impact as it would have if when he finally decides to sit down and talk about it. It will. It will. Um, you know, because our the way our media spins, uh, it's it's a better headline later, if anything. Uh, look at the storm in the Capitol, the J January 6th thing. That happened two years ago, and it came back up in the news, and it's still the biggest thing in news. So yeah. that, was, that was a global – that was a world – news event so it'll always be relevant just like 9 11. <laughs> i mean not not to compare him that that's a pop that's a pop culture clash you know that's like celebrity deathmatch that's like man i would love to see joan rivers fight uh oprah winfrey i would like to see or kim kardashian Ooh. fight you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's like, what if it happened 10 years after this? That's Godzilla versus King Kong. That's, you know, whatever. So it's fine. Right. So yeah. we, we cut you off by accident. You, you, us through your first 
experience on stage, and then you said you had two more first times. Ooh, oh, comebacks, yeah. comebacks. Callbacks. So yeah, yeah, after the first <laughs> after the first one, I didn't get back on stage until um, for like two years. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, there was a Jimmy Kimmel comedy competition where uh, they were going around to different um, colleges and um, have them, you know, they had stand-up competitions. But this one, actually, the people were not professional stand-up comedians. So, or you could have been, as long as you didn't have a name or you didn't, you know, go around and travel. It's just like, you know, literally, you know, local talent. So uh, I got second place in that one. And uh, it's funny, the person who judged it is um, this guy named Vargas Mason, who I'm really good friends with um, right now. Uh, for, since I moved to LA, and he told me that he didn't, uh, he actually didn't give me number one because he felt like I had done comedy before. He's like, dude, he's like, you. He said I would have gave you number one, but you, you obviously done this before. I didn't feel like it was right, and I was like, right. not really. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to talk about the Def Jam thing, um, but then that got that's where I got my courage up from. That's why I started to uh, take it more seriously. Then. Um, you know, I did the went to the Funny Bone in my local city, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, cut my teeth there. Got a group together, and then I moved to LA, where I have to credit myself as an LA comic more than a Cincinnati, Ohio comic because the team of people that I uh, got cool with they cut their teeth in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati actually has a thriving comedy scene where you can develop naturally be a great comic. But I kind of jumped the curve by going straight to L.A. So I. How many years did you work on comedy in Cincinnati before you went to L.A.? Barely a year. Not even. Not even. Because I visited. I put like this. I started comedy in Cincinnati. I went up in a couple local places, like really, (laughs) really hood places. Um, Because I wasn't wasn't allowed to necessarily go up at the club yet. So I went up with, you know, just the hood local places. And then I, I visited L.A. And I did a couple open mics in LA. And then I, that's where I kind of found myself. And, you know, like that's why I was like, oh, I'm a real comedian. I'm not a guy trying comedy. I do stand up comedy now. And uh, then I went back to uh, Cincinnati and, you know, developed, developed more. Then I moved to LA after that. So you talk about the span of August, sorry, April to August. Uh, you know, by August, I consider myself a real stand up comic. That's have, have any have any famous comics given you any good advice on writing or performing or anything like that? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, comics tend to share more life advice than writing advice, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because when you're only time you get like writing advice from comics is if you like bomb or do terrible. I mean, <laughs> if you uh if you do great, people be like, "Hey man, keep going," you know, but uh. I say the older comics, uh, man, I wish I could remember this guy's name. He passed away, but uh, he gave me, he just, he just told me, man, keep living. The best comedy comes from life and you're just young. Wow. He said, you, Great advice. That's advice. beautiful. It's, it's, too bad, it's too bad that the guy yeah. passed away after telling you to keep living. And that was his advice. <laughs> I mean, it was, years, <laughs> it was years later. Todd Lynn. That's the name. Todd Lynn. Todd Lynn. Oh, okay. And oh. uh, he, my mother, she she uh, she watched somebody on TV, and she'd be like, "Oh, you need to get to know them," just because they were on TV. But she was actually right about that. He was a great guy. That's awesome. 
Well, I, I know that Jeremy told me before that he uh, he opened for Chappelle. You worked with Chappelle before. How yes, was the experience working with Chappelle? Uh, because I had a couple interesting stories about meeting Chappelle accidentally, but I would love to hear a little bit more about how how is to work with the guy. Like in in he seems like he kind of his comedy comes within his mind. Like it it doesn't feel like he really writes down a lot of things and and work and develops. It sounds almost like conversational comedy. Is it is there a different category for Chappelle compared to the other comedians that look at their phones or have their notes? And what's up with those comedians with their notes? Like I, I mean, I'm sick and tired of seeing Anthony Jezonik with a piece of paper, and I'm like, can you memorize that already? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, once again, context is so important because uh, everybody goes through different phases and stages of life. So you know, you can't. I, I knowing what I know now, I can't boil anybody, anybody down to uh, one style or strategy. Like I'm sure Dave Chappelle has written and probably still writes. I mean, I also would guess that he doesn't because a lot of his stuff is very pop culture. And you know, you talk about a guy who's lived. You know, when you're younger, you're mostly writing. You tend to write more because you're trying to find the funny. They just like we talk about with Ty Lynn. You know, and a lot of, and it's like I said, context is so much because a lot of black comics don't necessarily write. They, cause they just, they'll just, they'll simplify it as just being real. You know what I mean? He's preaching. Almost feels like he's preaching something. I noticed that, especially with like black comics, it feels like in, in a way that just comes with their soul. It comes with their soul. It's like they're preaching. They have some type of prep, like some bullet points probably, but they kind of just let it flourish in the stage. And it sounds very organic when Chappelle is talking. He's a very good conversational comedy comic so yeah yeah i just yeah. i just don't want to discredit the people who who write i mean you know like because yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's all all of it it's just like this is like songwriting right like mm -hmm. you know you have people who are making millions of dollars off songwriting and they don't write down words i don't mean they're not writing per se it's just your process is your process and your process could change several times over a lifetime uh but with, with Chappelle, i i would hate to even compare him to your average comic just because he's in a class of, you know, he's, he's, um, he's, he's in a legendary coach. class. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that that's definitely fine. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, like I said, I definitely feel like he is, he's definitely uh, one of my favorites and I definitely give him the credit of a goat. I mean, you talk about, if you say Google, who's the best comedian of all time, either Richard Pryor's going to pop up or Dave Chappelle, I believe, you know, so that is a correct answer, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare him to most comics just because he's 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 above if you go out there if you go out there saying i'm gonna do what Chappelle does you're gonna you're gonna fall flat because you don't have the legacy behind you yeah. to back up what he is yeah let me ask you did he give you an advice or something like just before, sorry interrupting but he give you any personal advice oh when you were performing with him does he say anything to you or does, it, does, does he, he does it come to like hey young jeremy young no, man, man. No, uh, and I'll say the reason why is because he, I mean, he's like an oracle where he's just constantly spitting out good stuff, you know? Um, I mean, he'll, you you can call it advice too, but it's sometimes just good conversation. You know what I mean? It's good words to live by. Um, I mean, I, I met him back in 2011 first. Uh, and then, you know, over the course of years and, you know, different, I, I didn't open up for him. I will open up for him one time. I'm very specific about that because I don't like when people go like, oh, this is Dave Chappelle's opener. I'm like, Shh, no, you're going you're gonna to get me in trouble. I, I opened up for him one time in 2016. Um, I did curate that, but that was how, uh, it was by, uh, I uh, 
I saw I, he used to do this show called The Process, and uh, he would just put on like the hottest comics. Comics that were his friends, you know. Like uh, it was it was when he was gearing up to put something out at the time, and he put on like Donnell Rollins and uh, Dion Cole, like everybody, everybody he messed with that was like close by. And what gave me the courage to ask him was um, <laughs> I saw Arsenio Hall grow up, and uh, I, I love Arsenio Hall, but he, he wasn't hitting. And in my brain, I was like, well, I can do better than that. Like, I know <laughs> if I go up there, I would, right. I would kill. So I, I asked him, I saw him at the store, and I was like, hey, Dave, you know, after he performs, like, hey, Dave, I would love. And I, I, I waited until our relationship was to a certain level where I felt like he was going to say yes. I didn't just, comics don't go up and run up on Dave's pill. I asked to open up for him. You're probably going to get your fillings hurt. I've seen him he turned out. I seen him face slap. I seen you wow. <laughs> but I've seen him turn down pictures. I've seen him turn down stuff. I've seen him shut people down. So, you know, timing is everything. But yeah. I just walked up to him. I was like, hey, Dave, can I do your next process show? And he was like, this is exactly what he said. He goes, man, uh, yeah. He said, uh, he said, I just gotta find out whenever Chris is coming. He said, Yeah, whenever he's like, I gotta talk to Chris and see once he when he wants to do it. And then yeah, we'll definitely have you on. It's gonna be dope. Chris Ross. Exactly, but that's no, Chris. Okay, 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 okay. Right, 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 right. What are you talking about, Chris Rock? Okay, okay. But see, but, but right, but see how casually he said it, right? Of course, I wanted to say, I wanted to ask, but I didn't want to like come off as like green. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I act like it was regular. So then, um, he told me to hit his assistant. I'm about to throw his assistant under the bus. He told me to hit his assistant, and uh, I exchanged numbers with him. And then afterwards, he would never hit me back. He just wouldn't do it, no matter what. He he would only text me when Dave's there. When Dave wasn't around, he wouldn't text me. So then, uh, <laughs> so then, I, you're right. So I threw it out my mind. I was I was like, man, it's not gonna happen. And then uh, I was at the store in the smoking section, and um, Dave was just literally just me and Dave. And Dave goes, so I'm gonna see you Thursday. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, man, great. So then <laughs> you're like, it's my grandpa's funeral. Well, never mind, I'll be there. <laughs> I'm texting him. He didn't even give me no context. I'm texting the dude, still not, nothing, right? So I almost thought decided not to go because I'm just like, I don't want to get turned up, turned away. Uh somebody encouraged me to go anyway. I get up there and uh, pretty who, much yeah. Who said that to you? Who said that to you? A friend? So, yeah, just a friend, just a comic friend. Uh, this uh, guy, I, I give him a shout. His name Johnny Mitchell. He was just like, he just said, man, if Dave, he said, if I, if Dave said I could perform, he said I would follow him around for a week. So I went up there. They threw me right up. Um, this is the best lineup I've ever been a part of. It was me, uh, this guy. It was me, Ashley Barnhill, Tony Hinchcliffe, Hannibal Burris, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. That was the lineup. It's as good as your first time on stage at the Def Jam thing. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I killed this time. I, that was embarrassing. That's insane. Was, yeah. and, and when you walked off, was did Dave give you like, you know, give you a handshake, like anything or a absolutely. Um, I'd tell you one of the dopest things is um, you know, obviously there's a lot of industry there. So, you know, every all these like big wigs, you know, live nation people was just kind of, you know, on me. And then Dave, he just was like, Man, he goes, How'd it feel? And I was like, <laughs> it felt great. And he was like, Man, you look good up there. And that was pretty much it. But, uh, we, we, we kicked it. We kicked it after Dave parties is always dope. So yeah, man. That's and Dave's assistant said, get the fuck. Don't ever contact us again. Nah, he's he's cool, man. You know, he just playing, he just played defense, man. That's his job. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, you I have mean, to. I with a guy people, with a star people. that big, like there's always people trying to be like, Dave told me to to do something, yeah. you know. But yeah. but he but he introduced it was funny. Dave literally was like, yo, this guy 
Get his number. You need anything? Hit him up. And then nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my assistant do the same thing to everybody one day. Yeah, <laughs> I remember at, when I was at TMZ and I tried to interview Dave. He was always cool. Sometimes he would do interviews, but like. Never with me. A couple times I got him, and he was really cool. Just like, oh, you want to Harvey's guys? Like, no, I'm I'm saving it all for the stage, you know. Like, yeah. it was a nice deflection, but yeah, yeah cool just to talk to him anyway. My my interaction with Dave Chappelle was funny. I was getting out of an uh, actors meetup outside uh, the parlor, and mm -hmm. uh, he was performing. It was in 2017. It was in 2017. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Something about that year? Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just like every rap starts with like, it was in 1996. Uh, but anyway, oh. so, yeah, 2017. And I was walking out of the, the podcast. And, uh, it was like a podcast meetup for actors back in the day mm -hmm. when I was trying to be an actress. Um, and uh, he stopped the show. And then he started waving at me. Like, mm -hmm. And then I was just like, who's that? I couldn't barely see. It was like hard to see from the outside. Inside was slightly like kind of foggy. So I was like looking, I was like, who's that? And he's like, then he just literally opens the door and says, come in, in your friends. And I, my, I just met those people, by the way. And they were, he pulled chairs and we watched the show right in front roll there. He was so high as a kite. Uh, yeah. And uh, at the time, I'll confess, I didn't know who he was. And he knew that I didn't know who he was because I was yeah. just like, I was like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? That's got to be a breath of fresh know. air for somebody like him, though. Yeah, yeah. And then he never forgot that. That was like a whole year. I went to the comedy store a couple of times that he was there. And he was like, oh, that's the girl that didn't know who I am. It kept me humble. Keep me humble. And I, was just, <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, sorry, Dave, I'm Brazilian. Like, I, I, I lived in Washington. I don't know, but now I know you're the goat. Like I'm sorry, and now I'm like the hugest fan. Like, but at the time it was so embarrassing, yeah. and everybody and I don't know. I felt very embarrassed. I didn't know who he was, but he stopped the show. He was so it was so weird too. I was just like, what is he talking about? Is he talking about me there? What's going on? I never I know I never know what was the conversation before I entered the room. But they're all observing. Yeah, I don't know what was no. going on there. I, were you there? <laughs> you're like no, no. not that. One. Not that one. Yeah, yeah. He performs a lot in L.A. So, yes, yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. I, I'm, I, honestly, I'm at the point where, like, if I found Dave Chappelle's performing, I'm like, eh, I might go home tonight. It just depends on what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So just I don't want to stay on Chappelle, but just with his style, you know, because he is at such an elite level, he comments and makes jokes about like larger issues that really mm -hmm. resonate with with uh, our, our society and culture. And there's this whole debate right now. Are comedians the modern day philosophers? You know, some people use that as a pejorative. Some people are yeah. enthusiastic about what do you yes. think? And also, do you personally try to come up with your ideas with like a larger point, larger purpose to them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, that statement, I, I do agree with the statement as far as uh, comedians being modern day philosophers. But I don't feel like that's comedian's job. You know, I just think that we just have the most freedom of uh, speech, despite what a lot of comics feel like, you know, just as far as uh, leadership positions in our country and our culture. You know, we just kind of have, you know, because you talk about, OK, you got politicians. I feel like if you did a census, you know, or um, a poll the entire country or do you trust politicians, the overwhelming answer would be no. You talk about 70 to 80 percent people just say no straight up. You talk about, you know, religious leaders, 
you know, with your teachers, pastors, whatever, um, you know, priests, people are going to say, no, we don't trust these people, even though they go to these religious affiliations, um, nonprofit institutions, doctors, people probably take the word of a comedian, ironically, way more serious and way more personal than they would any of these other categories. So that's in that way, I agree with that. But um, as far as um, them needing to do that, and is that the most responsible thing to do? Absolutely not to me, because at the end of the day, comedians are entertainers. And as long as you understand, it's almost be a waiver. You sign when you walk to a comedy club, like, hey, you understand that the things that are being said on this stage are meant for entertainment. Whether you agree or disagree, <laughs> the concept of this thing is to encourage entertainment. So, yeah. Yeah. so like, just, it, it will make main... them not understand that before coming to the Oscars. Right. Tons <laughs> of people. Do not get people that. don't understand. No, but I, let me say something. I, I, I want to say my answer to that. I agree. I agree with Jeremy here. I think that if entertainers are here to entertain, they're going to say, say things that are politically charged to get a reaction of people. And it's, it's part of the show. But in one way, I think that what, com what comedians bring to the table, that the philosophy aspect is like uh, comedians bring it up like very serious social issues. Yeah. But with the comedic light... And makes you see the other side in a way that you probably would not really understand if you were just watching your news or reading the news. And I think that the modern philosopher is because you guys like comedian comedians kind of like digest things in a way like in a way that's like, have you ever thought about this this way? Have you ever thought about that problem that way? And makes you think about your own beliefs that you're like, OK. I guess I think about that a little bit different now. And uh, that's why I think it comes across because it changes a little bit. Not that it changes what you think, but it changes a little bit how you see things. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm one of those type of comedians. You know, I really am. And I'm, I'm saying that that's not our job. And I don't yeah. think people should. Like, I am a type of comic where I have these, these things I want to say. I want you to see the other side. I'm very, uh, you know, I'm... Um, you know, prophetic in a way. There's things where I wish that it's like I said it and then it happened. And then people go, wow, you're so smart and deep. But even with that being said, that's not the job. That's not the requirement. The requirement is to make people laugh. Jeremy, do you do you think if Hitler had just been to the right comedy show that maybe he wouldn't have gone the route that he went? I feel like uh, everything happens for a reason. And he was destined <laughs> Every all the multiverse versions of Hitler were destined to be as right. dark as he was. All right, TMZ. <laughs> TMZ doesn't leave. No, right. the guy leaves TMZ, but TMZ doesn't leave the guy. That no, was that was a great question. I'm I'm media <laughs> tracking, so that works out. I know how to. <laughs> say, why don't we just go kill baby Hitler? Well, how about if baby Hitler or you know juvenile Hitler saw uh, you know the right comedian? What if Guys. he saw Hannah Gadsby and then it changed his whole perspective? I think he's just yeah. a frustrated artist. Like, he was a terrible painter. <laughs> and then people I just didn't really, before. people like, you can't be a painter. And then you took uh, his artistic okay. endeavors to, I don't, away. I don't actually, it was kind of a joke. I don't actually. No, it was it was a great question. And look, I've seen, I, if you've seen Terminator, Judgment Day is yeah. can be delayed, but it was always meant to happen. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, just a few more questions. I don't want to keep you all day. We almost watched Terminator yesterday. Remember like how much we browse on top of it's it? It's a great, by the way, it is one of the few movies, Jurassic Park being the other, that still holds up CGI-wise from the early 90s. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. 
Terminator one, watch Terminator two. Um, then erase your brain and start over one and two. Whatever you yeah. do, don't go further. There's no point. There's <laughs> just no point. Watch mm-hmm. iRobot, watch The Matrix, but do not, whatever you do, watch three. Whatever the other ones. Terminator Salvation. Salvation. Whatever you do. Um, are there any trends in comedy right now that you think are like, uh, I, I don't really like where that's going, or trends that you do like? Like, tell, tell yeah. like where's the world of comedy going? Jeremy. Uh, I say trends. Honestly, this is my opinion. If people don't agree with me, don't agree with me. I think some things uh, become uh, they become hacked as a byproduct. Uh, complaining about woke, woke culture at this point is a hack premise. Like, just let it go, man. Like, <laughs> just let it go. Just move <laughs> on. The world has changed. If you, I say, after five years, if you're saying the same thing, guess what? It's a whole different world now. There's nothing you can do about it. This is the new status quo. So that term woke at this point is dead. Like I adapted. I like it. I like the challenge of like, it's just like, um, you know, you, uh, it's like musical chairs. It's like, it's only fun when somebody gets eliminated and then, you know, so now I can't say this word. Okay. Ooh, it's spicy now. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's a, it's, you know, a glass half empty way of looking at it. Um, trends I like, um, I like, I, I feel like, the nerds have won the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I mean by that is, um, you know, what was considered alt comedy is now mainstream comedy. So it's making people get more creative about how they put out stuff, you know, for old comics and older comics and newer comics. You, it's not about, about like, put it, uh, like what platforms they put it out through or platforms or even pushing the limits of what's considered comedy People are being more honest about their opinions. Uh, you know, it's just, um, I think it's a good time for experimentation. You know what I mean? We don't have to wait for HBO or or Netflix, uh, Netflix and stuff like that. You know, it's like, I think, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Like, if somebody if somebody decided to do a TMZ special, like, they, their interview is used as a, you know what I mean? Like, that's more dynamic at this point than just yeah. going the traditional route. So, you know, yeah, I like that. Uh, one one other thing. Do you, do, when you have you ever like done a joke and then you came off stage and some comic was like, "You personally offended me." Oh yeah, that joke. Yeah, they say that. Like, no, do, do a they comedian, actually... a comedian, a yeah. professional. Because it's yeah. weird. The couple times when I have tried stand up and I've said something that you know was risque, you can kind of you feel uncomfortable. You know, I'm sure the more you do it, you you burn through that feeling. But like for me, I feel uncomfortable. But so tell me about that experience when someone would you don't have to name the person, but like how awkward is that and how often does that happen? Yeah, man. Um Eddie Murphy was really offended when I said no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle's Yabba do. <laughs> no, um yeah, I mean, um Look, man, this is a, a freedom of speech art form. So, um, you know, people are allowed to have their different opinions. I mean, I've been offended by stuff people said on stage. Uh, I just say that uh, the medium is important. So the fact that you said it on stage, to me, I, I still understand the context, context, man. If I could push anything to the world, 
Assess the context of everything. It matters the most. If you say things out of context or take it out of context, then that changes everything. That means you can't then vilify them in this way. That don't mean they can't be vilified. I don't mean everything you say on stage is correct, but we can handle it accordingly. You know what I mean? You, you can't apply a cover-all strategy to things that are said. But with that being said, um, just thinking of one situation, um, just because people are in their feelings or, you know, what's they're going on in their personal life. I mean, you know, I, I have a joke now I do where I say, uh, you know, I'm a cisgender black man and my pronouns are that nigga, right? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not the most creative joke of mine, but it's just first thing that came to my head, you know, so I push it and it hits, right? Uh, I had somebody come to me and go, well, you know, Jeremy, cisgender doesn't mean um, you're... You, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean, you know, you're, doesn't ver- say whether you're gay or straight or whatever, you know, and I just like, yeah, man, you know, you're right. And it's a joke and, you know, but it's, it's just the current conversation right now. And I appreciate when somebody has that conversation with me, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a conversation. That's where it needs to stay. You know what I mean? It technically is a private conversation, so I shouldn't even say it here. But, <laughs> you know. Well, that was, That's that, exactly where you should we're, share. That was, yeah, we're, that we're, was, we're brothers, Bobby, man. We're brothers. That was Bobby oh. Lee that came up to no. and lectured you on cisgender? No, man. And even even to me, that 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 is part of the writing process is on how differently it affects different types of people. Um, I mean, I have a better one than that. Um, I had a really good friend uh, coming to me after I said a joke. And said uh, directly, he he said, "Hey, I was really offended uh, by something you said." And uh, he goes, "I thought you were smarter than that, right?" And no lie, no no lie, no lie. I literally considered it. I went home, I thought about it, and I was like, "You know what? No, it was man. I I I write a lot of jokes. I don't get like man. If if I lose a joke, it's my life. I don't. I don't. I'm not tied to one joke personally in one way, shape, or form." But um, I little I told him after that, like after like a big month or two after I seen him, I was like, "Hey man, thought about what you said, and I thought uh, your friendship is more important to me than that joke, right?" And then he goes, "You know what? I just realized that I was just being a little bitch that day, and I was going through something. Uh, it had nothing to do with you. You know what I mean? So good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Did you keep yeah. the joke in your act? No, I, I, literally, it just wasn't. It wasn't important to me. It wasn't. You know, there's things that are closer to my heart and things that aren't, and that wasn't. It wasn't. Any, ch- you know. any chance you want to share it now? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I have a question. I have a question. So, Jeremy, I have a question. So, th- this is a Los Angeles couples uh, uh, part of the podcast. So, hey. what is like the like the Los Angeles thing that was like the biggest cultural shock with uh, compared to Ohio, and what how you embrace your inner Los Angeles person? Um, culture shock. Uh, you know what's funny is that uh, I actually did, was thinking about this other day. Um, something so basic. Watching two men walk down the street holding hands like this. Okay. I've never seen that before in my entire life before I moved to L.A. But, you know, it's funny seeing plenty of transgender people, uh, you know, so it's just weird. You know, uh, different regions, different things are are the norm. That has nothing to do with my opinion on it. It's just the one thing I noticed, I was like, man, that's crazy to see just two guys like this. You know what I mean? Hand in hand. You know, I just it's just something I really didn't um think of but uh yeah i mean i i i rep uh la now in a sense of 
you know, I eat LA food and, you know, I guess in and out burger and, you know, pinks and, you know, Roscoe's and, you know, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Hollywood, you know, and when people be talking about Hollywood people, I'm like, well, that's me. Like I might not return a call or a text until two months later, or I might, uh, I go to all these big uh, Hollywood events with all these celebrities. And, you know, if you talk to me, you say, they go, man, how you been, man? I'd be like, oh man, you know, I'm, my career isn't going so well, but you know, I I booked this and I'm um, performing here, and they're like, no, no, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> that's, that's like a very you, like, you, you open your uh, you open your calendar. You're like, well, I'm performing uh, Thursday and yeah. Friday, yeah, and like, then I on Sunday, I booked. <laughs> but that's how that's how people talk in my circle. So you know, you get trapped in that to the point where you know, it like it takes somebody doubling down. Like, no, I'm saying how. How's your personal life? You know, and I go, oh, okay. You know, I can open you know up what? now. I got to be honest. As an LA person, I love how fake it is. I don't always want to get into it, either how my life is going or how someone else's life is going. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you don't really want to know the answer. You just want to hear like yeah. what good stuff has happened to you or you done lately, and that's it. <laughs> You're right. It's just, you know, you know, it's funny is that people take networking, networking versus friendships, right? Like network people network so hard that. Meanwhile, you'd be like, how you doing? You'd be like, uh, I saw you, you booked this, you did that. And then you start talking about like, yeah, man, you know, I booked this thing. And they'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who directed, who's the casting producer? Yeah. Can you put me in contact with him? That's all they want. All right, okay. Oh. So, the, the Los Angeles thing I'm asking because, I'm, like I said, I'm Brazilian, and there's like so much like cultural. And, and I lived in Washington State, and mm -hmm. it's a, such a cultural shock for me the amount of how people like work out and they like eat healthy, and it's really impacted me in a positive way. Like now, yeah. my coffee is old latte. I like mm -hmm. avocado toast. I used to like avocado toast. So I don't even eat the toast anymore. I just eat the avocado. It completely changed me into some kind of LA monster. And mm -hmm. uh, but I enjoy it. I, I have a, I, I feel better now. I, and I do like the the fake positivity, but I don't like how people here are flaky. People in LA, they're like, oh, let's hang out sometime. That means I'm never gonna see you again. It means I, <laughs> man, I am guilty. But I, when I say it, I mean it though. I don't not mean it. It's just oh yeah, you're here. You're here. You 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 made it. You're, you you could yeah. You still have the good character. Like look at that. He's no, here. No, no, I'm trying to tell you. If you looked at my text messages, man, it's like whoo. I I I'm sorry. I will get to you guys. I apologize. <laughs> Honestly, though, we don't need to apologize. It's the people who expect that you're going to do what you say who have the real problem. In L.A., <laughs> if you're living in L.A., that's just like part of what it is to live here. You it feels like you live in a different no... country if you live in a different neighborhood, too. Like you, your friends move out yeah. of the neighborhood. You're never going to see them again. Like Most likely, you're just going to like exactly. their Insta stories. And that's it. That's uh, that. That's how it's gonna be. Every every now and then, I'll hit a day where I'm like, man, who who did I say I was gonna hang out with? Now you hit them, and you know, because I'll be honest, I have a lot of friends uh, pass recently, like a lot of friends, Aww. way more than I ever expect comics. So it kind of made me go like, all right, well, if I can spend some time with somebody, I'll make a bigger effort to spend some time with them. But definitely, it's not. It, it is genuine. It's not on purpose. <laughs> I'm not that sounds something like a, like an older man would say. Is that is it accidental or overdose? Uh, um, all, all that to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, just to name a few. Definitely. Uh, uh, I just went to my my boy Teddy Ray's 
uh, funeral. Um, you know, very good comic. Uh, I've known him since 2011. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, then it's got Jack Knight, um, great comic. You know, you could tell he died at 28, future legend for sure. Um, you know, last year just got Fuquan Johnson, uh, this other guy with Carlo, uh, Nathan Carthen. All these guys are good comics, good friends. Like, I, you know, I definitely have. You know, I broke bread with these people, and I mean, I could keep going, but just keeping it real, like I wish I had another day just to kick it with them, but they're gone. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Should have answered that text message. Oh my God, Dante! <laughs> I, no, but I, I mean, I people are time. busy here; they are busy doing their lives, and you know, I, I, I noticed like, when I was, like, <laughs> I was in my early twenties, a lot of the guys like that um they all kind of have like car accidents or motorcycle accidents so there's a lot of guys actually that i went to like high school that mm-hmm. died like before even i turned 20 there was like a huge amount of boys that kind of died and mm-hmm. uh you know and, and now just life you know but it's weird yeah it's weird it's always weird to see when young people just passed away and especially the hollywood life with all those drugs and everything so easy and accessible and mental health crisis so there's a lot of things that probably kind of come across people when they're going through those dark moments you know i don't know yeah so I'm yeah not yeah sure. not, not not all of them were uh uh you know on purpose or whatever but you know definitely i, I will admit some were drug related and some were suicide related but you know regardless i think the cool thing was um during Chappelle's um uh, hollywood bowl performance uh it was cool seeing them honor a couple of my friends like just their face. These are people who I knew very personally on a, you know, realistic level, you know, like, you know, just hanging out who, you know, they, we all want to perform at the Hollywood bowl one day and to see their face come up on that screen uh, right before Dave come out was like, y'all, um, it shows you that the little things that we do here has an impact on the world. Yeah. That is good. That's amazing. Um, I wanted to, uh, I want to let you go because we've gone an hour. I don't want to take up all your time. But I, I was curious because you mentioned earlier about being a road comic. Like, yeah. how? Because when we go to a comedy show, we just see the comedian come out. They do their act, and and you know we think everything's great. But how rigorous is it being on the road and then getting up the energy to like perform and and do your act? like fresh again for, for do you get jet job? lagged and yeah like because I, I, sometimes i feel like when i went to vegas dante took me mm-hmm. to vegas i went drove there and it's like i felt so tired i imagine like a comedian i mean of course you take airplanes but imagine just going to a long trip and then you have to like put up the facade get all excited pump yourself up to go on stage how do yeah. you do that and where do you, where I'll, do you well, actually i'll ask a follow-up in a second go ahead sorry I love the term use facade. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you're absolutely right. It can be rigorous and it could definitely take a, a tax on you physically and emotionally. But also, you know, we're it's um it's just part of the gig. And, uh, you know, we're humans. Um, you know, you just like just like somebody who works a nine to five or better yet, a seven or a six a.m. thing, you know, having to get up, you know, that that same energy, that same mentality where you like I have to muster up the energy you know because yeah the first couple of times is easy and you know i'll say even like the allure people see the lights and see everything and they're like oh my god i would love to do what you do but sometimes you're literally not in the mood to do it and you still give 100 effort but um all that thing comes with time and just having you know good material good work ethic and you know 
the the love for it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I I'm definitely, but I I'm definitely even though I'm I'm think I'm equal parts Hollywood comic and uh, road comic because you know obviously being at the store, the Laugh Factory, the Improv, having my name associated with that things, but then I'll go on a like a a road bender where I'm just on the road for like two months, you know, but then I also won't do it for a while too. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it don't, it don't have to be as dark as it sounds. I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of stories, a lot of memories. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely hard. It's hard as it sounds. <laughs> it's definitely hard. As it sounds. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to just share your, um, Instagram page real quick so people can see that. One second. I'll cut this part out. This is just a technical part. Um, oh, look at that guy. Okay, oh. there you go. That's Jeremy Ooh, right there. He's got... Jeremy! You can get his comedy album. He has millions of followers. That's right. I'll, I'll Photoshop <laughs> that. Uh, Five million followers. Sociopath is the name of your comedy album. It's what I yes. thought when I first met you. Sociopath. Um, <laughs> what, context, uh, context, 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 <laughs> context. What, what, what is that? What is that name for? What is it called? The sociopath. Yeah, how'd you pick sociopath? How'd you pick that? Um, you have to listen to it. But no, um, real, it's not, no, it's not, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's, uh, just real quick. Uh, first of all, uh, sociopath. If you look it up, the definition, um, like through. Google or, you know, some mainstream source. It's kind of an outdated term. Uh, basically, it's a, what's it, a, a pretty, pretty much having a antisocial disorder and subcapacity, which is something somebody brag about. We brag about that these days, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, basically, I kind of flipped the meaning to just kind of meaning like a, pretty much a take on society or kind of against society or societal standards and just kind of be in the mirror reflection thing. You know, that's it. Nice. I'm not. I'm not going to bore you with this deep explanation. Yeah. Let's do another hour on the sociology and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definition. Um, yeah, but it gets attention though. My even my dad was like, he was like, oh that that title, I love that. What is what is that? He's like, no, it's, it's good. And here you can see a little bit of Jeremy on his uh, Instagram page performing and. Um, God, look at that hunky picture right in the. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wow. I, I just hope it says castable. That's all. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> Higher the sky. No, yeah. awesome. um, do, you, uh, do you have a podcast? Is there anything else you want people to check out? Or... Plugins. Thank you. Uh, Splendid Radio on Farside TV. Uh, every air, every Tuesday. Uh, yeah, every Tuesday. Yeah, is that tomorrow? Yeah, actually, yeah, tomorrow, I think, uh, when I'm not performing in Vegas, because tomorrow I'll be at the L.A. Comedy Club at the Strat- Stratosphere. Um, I think it's two shows. No, yeah, yeah, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I think, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday, uh, what is that, August? Oh, the, 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 30th? the 30th and 31st, yeah. Oh, shit, now I have to put this video out today. So that it. <laughs> <laughs> no, or or people just, in the past just know where yeah. to find him. He's he performed gonna be on Tuesday, last Tuesday. He performed. Um, <laughs> so okay, uh, listen to his podcast, download yeah, his comedy album Sociopath. Go and see him whenever he is performing. He is very funny live. We saw him. We saw him do the hat trick at the comedy store. It was incredible. You sure he did, guys. In all three rooms. Wow. Yes. Yes. Great oh my god! I, I think like right before, like before he performed in the other room, there was a show of Annie Letterman, and the girl was vomiting on the floor. 
Yo, I didn't see that, but yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, that was like vomit. I was just like, I was like, it's like it's like running around, passing the vomit, going to another room, going upstairs, going downstairs. This guy, it's like it's like it's like it's like it's almost like a kitchen in a way. Like it's going up and down. It's like going in and going down, going down. It's like crazy the movement. It's like a a theater. It's a theater thing almost. Have have you ever Ah. anybody die in the audience? Uh, every show I kill. <laughs> they die laughing. They, I'm dying. <laughs> do you think would a comedy club stop the show if an audience member, like you know, someone sitting in the back, if they died during the show, would they stop the show or would they just cart the body out and then keep the show going? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, unless unless it's a show by um. Hey, what's his name? Travis Scott. Uh, let's Travis, Travis Scott was doing stand-up comedy. They would actually stop it. So, I mean, this guy's a professional, safe environment. Uh, you know, it's OSHA regulated. Uh, you can't. Just, you can't just kill I, a man I like in the Travis Scott joke. I think you should develop in that one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, you, saying your dream is to host uh, like the comedy Astro World festival <laughs> hey i'll do it all man for the most part i mean i i i don't mind i'll i'll do the oscars and take a slap by it. that's my dream actually to get slapped by will smith or, or Jaden. Jaden, slap me so we can get so i can write a book and make it up jada slap me slap me jada <laughs> all right Jeremy also, real quick, i'd like to thank you guys for being dope uh not only dope podcast hosts but dope uh, audience members because not only did i did the hat trick you guys did the hat trick and for audience members, that is a lot. So thank you, guys. We were pretty good. Thank I you. was so we were, we were like honored to be there with you, uh, Jeremy. See your process. And by the way, he didn't say the same jokes in every room. If people are thinking, he had different jokes for different rooms. And I was actually surprised. I was thinking like, oh, we're going to see like he said the same joke three times. It was not. He did different jokes. He was very well prepared, was funny, got laughs, very hard laughs in all the rooms. And uh, yeah, that was very impressive. Jeremy is an incredible, talented, funny Aquarius guy. Your birthday? I remember you told me your birthday, January twenty. Yeah, January twentieth. Yeah, custom mm-hmm. Aquarius. It's his birthday. That's my birthday too. <laughs> you remember? Let's I do mean, it. Let's go party. You know, Jeremy. I'm February seven. I'm Aquarius as well. So we're three Aquarius. You know, uh, January twentieth. You know that's Hitler's birthday, don't you? Is it really? <laughs> we all three should go party <laughs> That's together. That's the oldest joke. That's Dante tells that to every single person that he knows. <laughs> Although I did, inauguration day, right? I, it's I, inauguration day, yeah. January twenty. I did yes, try that is. joke. I tried that joke once with my brother. Except I said like, "Oh, you know, your birthday is Jeffrey Epstein's birthday." And then when I looked it up, it's it, actually our birthday, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look, let's let's have a party to start an island. Uh, and have a party there. <laughs> But let's just make it over overaged women. We'll be like, road like overage women. Overage women. Yeah. We'll be yes. road con. Has anyone ever played uh, jo- Jeffrey Epstein's Island before? Is there a comedy club? Anyways, all right. Jeremy Scipio. Jeremy, thank you so, thank much, you so much for coming. Thank you, Appreciate thank you. It. And we'll have yeah. you on again, and uh, we'll come see you soon. Absolutely, let's do it. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much, guys. Right. See you guys. See ya. All right.